It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. We have a lot of big games to get in across, uh, across the nation. And that's really what we're going to discuss right here. And I do want to start with one of the biggest games of the week, one of the biggest games of the year, Michigan at Penn State. And I feel like we've almost buried the lead by by bringing it up this late in the show. But, you know, I do want to get into it because it is a really important game. I talked earlier about uh, the game Tennessee and Missouri being about which quarterback there is, is relied upon the least. I think this is going to be one of those games where – it is, it, it's going to come down to J.J. McCarthy and Drew Aller. That is the biggest thing for me. If whoever has the best game between those two, I think is really going to define what happens in this game. 418 yards rushing for Michigan in this one last year. I do not expect that to be the case this year. Uh, I'd be surprised, really, if they eclipse 150 yards in this game. Uh, 100 yards, I could see that happening just because you know, Blake Corum's having a, a magnificent season, 649 yards on the ground, 5.2 yards per carry. But I have a lot of questions for Michigan just in general. And a lot of them aren't on the talent or their ability. It's what did they do in their first real test of the season? Because we haven't seen what they look like against top end competition at all this season. The best teams they played are what Rutgers and UNLV. And they're doing a great job. Look, they're at winning by an average margin of victory of 34 points. But at the end of the day, it's hard to gauge what they really are. Are those numbers inflated, Abe? I don't know. We'll find out on Saturday. Yeah, it, it, it's finally time that we get Michigan a test. I 100% agree. We've been waiting for it. We've been trying to gauge, as you mentioned. All right, the offensive numbers, the defensive numbers, is complete domination. But uh, against who? It's finally time that we see it against someone. And it's a tough opponent. It, it, it is a road game to Penn State. Um, and look, uh, Drew Allard threw for 240 yards while putting up 51 points a week ago on the road against Maryland. That, that, that's mm. the most yards he had thrown for since the, the first week of the season. So he may be peaking at the right time, but I, it's just about how much help he can get. I mean, how much can he possibly get? I know it's not a big bin against hardly anyone, 
I uh, unequivocally believe in this Michigan run defense, though. Uh, of all the other aspects, if you want to pick apart what what will and won't stick, I think the Michigan run defense is legitimate. It's going to be very, very tough for Allen and company to get it going on the ground. So you're asking a lot of Drew Aller, and and I think that's just a disaster waiting to happen, if I'm being honest. Um, I think Michigan is good. I think Michigan's legitimate. I think Michigan goes into Penn State and wins this game. Mm. The great part about this is I could be so easily wrong because we just haven't seen it against anyone. And, and I think it's justifiable to think the way I think and be wildly wrong. M- maybe this Penn State offense cuts them open. Maybe, maybe they get pushed around on the line of scrimmage. Maybe they get shut down and J.J. McCarthy never even gets his Heisman campaign kick-started. Those are all real legitimate possibilities. I don't think that's the case. But when you're talking about a team that really has not been tested, those are legitimate possibilities. And so that's what's got me so excited for this game. It is tough to pick because we just don't really know what's real, what sticks, and what doesn't for Michigan on offense and defense. Um, But that's what's got me so juiced up about this one is just finally getting to find out. And – Look, Michigan's been ranked number three uh, in the college football playoff rankings. I had them earlier in the season ranked number one because of overall domination. Um, I think we find out on Saturday if that is legitimate, if if what we've seen on both sides of the ball is legitimate. And uh, I'm just ready for it. I I really am. And then on the Penn State side, it's just, are you ever going to get over the hump? We had the same discussion with Ohio State and James Franklin. Like, are you ever going to beat one of these two teams? Uh, you got it at home. You, you, you got a, a top 12 team here. Um, if not now, when sort of situation. Um, so so they're, they're, you're going back to the same storylines, uh, albeit at home. We'll, we'll see how that plays out there for the Nittany Lions and, and head coach James Franklin. Yeah, the biggest thing is that it's just a shame that it's happening at noon instead of at 8 o'clock. I, I really wish that this would have been a whiteout <laughs> game. Oh, man, that would have been a lot of fun just in general. But big noon kickoff over there on Fox. Um James Franklin, I think, takes a little a little bit too much criticism here too. I saw this on Twitter. It's he was he's three and sixteen against top ten teams. Of course, we we mentioned that when they played Ohio State, it was a massive storyline. Uh, and then people are like, "Oh, he's three and sixteen versus top ten teams. Oh, that means he's overrated, right?" Well, he was only favored in one of those games, so it's it's more along the lines. I think someone mentioned that he's, I'd say, more perfectly rated than he is anything else. He's only favored in one of those games and he's won two of the games that he was not supposed to win, you know? So he's losing the games he's supposed to and winning the games that he is supposed to. And I I mean, I just want to see him win this game and do something he's not supposed to do. And I think that all comes down, like I said, to Drew Aller. You have to keep him safe because in that game against Ohio State, he was terrorized. He was sacked four times, but he was pressured throughout the game. And it really threw off everything because you could not protect him. And that, that goes into running the ball. You need to be able to run the ball more effectively. That's going to be a massive test for them. I don't know if they're really going to be able to run against this Michigan front seven, like you mentioned, but Katrin Allen, Nicholas Singleton, those are two guys who need to step up and have good games. But Drew Aller, from when he's throwing from a clean pocket, he's 75%, 636 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions. You go back to that Ohio State game where he was sacked four times and pressured throughout the day. 191 yards, and the one touchdown. Didn't make any catastrophic errors, I would say, but he wasn't a reason that they they found any success on offense. And that's and look, 
you need to make plays. And I think playing at home is going to help you a lot in this contest. And I'm very interested to see what happens in this. Can they win? I think they absolutely can win. I will save my pick for Saturday on college football over or college football game time. Find it anywhere on the Odyssey app. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to continue that discussion. But we're going to zip through some of these other games that are happening across the nation. Arizona at Colorado. I think that these are two programs trending in completely different directions. Colorado is not going the right direction right now. They just made a coordinator change, albeit a weird one and kind of kind of an interesting one. Didn't really see that boost. It was my upset special last week, and that didn't really play out. But now Arizona, they're trending and playing some of their best football. They've won three games in a row against ranked opponents. I mean, look, they've done fantastic work. Noah Fafita, he had 300 yards last week. I guess a really good UCLA defense. And look, you win 27 to 10 against a good UCLA team who a lot of people had playing in the back 12 title game at the beginning of the season. Arizona's looking like a really good team right now. Yeah, this is an interesting one to me, Garrett, because I think people have gotten a little too, you know, look, early in the season, people obviously went way too far to one side in Colorado. I actually think they've swung the wrong way now, or or not the wrong way, but too far the wrong way. I I think this is a Colorado team that's actually been relatively competitive the last two weeks against uh, ranked teams. Uh, They covered against UCLA. They covered against Oregon State. That was a very close game. You mentioned the, the, Hmm. the switch at coordinator. And uh, are we now flying a little Icarus style for Arizona where, where they're flying and we've shifted on them. They're a little too close. I think this is a spot and probably in my opinion, the last spot for Dion to, to make a, a statement and, and grab one of those types of wins that we saw early on in the season. Cause I don't think at Utah at the end of the season is the one for them. Uh, I think that's too tough of a matchup. This one I think is realistic though. And, and if we're going to look at, the Dion taking down another ranked opponent. This I think is realistic. Uh, you are at home. You, you, you have played well. You did lose. You can't, you're not arguing that they lost the last two games, but they've been competitive against really good PAC 12 teams. And I don't think a lot of people expected them to even be competitive against. Can they be more than just competitive in that, in this one? That's the question for me. I actually am interested in this one. I'm not saying they will win, but I, I think it, they can. And uh, it's, like you said, two teams that have kind of flipped. Um, I'm interested to see if they flip back after this one. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I, I think you nailed it, honestly. Um, Colorado has an opportunity to do something and end the season on a high note uh, here with the, the very difficult stretch in the Pac-12, which has just continued to be the best conference in college football. Seven teams have six wins or more at this point. And, and look, they're a tough squad, but we're going to keep it out there in the Pac-12 because Utah is going on the road to play Washington, the second massive game with big stakes that they have played in consecutive weeks. Last week, we saw them play USC and really put the pedal to the metal on offense, 52 points scored for them. They did allow 42 points, uh, but that's a, that's a tough USC opponent. This week, you have the inverse. You have a team that can't really play much offense and plays great defense. It's very interesting because the, the types of teams you have out there in the Pac-12 are, are so interesting because they change from week to week, it seems like, because Utah, they just had probably their best offensive performance of the season. They scored 55 points against Arizona State. I don't know if that's necessarily reflective of a change in philosophy or, or maybe they found something that works. I don't think that's the case necessarily. Washington and Utah, this could be a great game. 
Yeah, and that last last week's result, as you mentioned, fifty five points. I'm trying to determine if that was the anomaly or if is that that it's some sort of new norm. Um, and obviously, level of opponent and quality of defense faced uh, plays its own role here too. But uh, for Washington, can you get into that thirty one to thirty four spot? Because once you mm. get above that, you should feel pretty good that you're holding Utah below that. So so we've seen some kind of I don't want to say lame. That's not the right the right term, but a little bit of subpar uh, efficiency from Washington. Is this a situation yeah. where they can get back to putting up into the 40s and 50s like we saw the first half of the season? Um, and, and if so, they, they should be able to get this game. It's very important for them that this game was at home. They had a great atmosphere against Oregon. I think it played a real big role in winning that one. Uh, we'll see if it does the same. But, man, just – no time to rest for for those teams because uh, you can't have any emotional letdown after a tough game against SC because Utah's yeah. coming in looking to uh, spark the upset, looking to change a couple national title uh, you know destinies, and so um, very very interested in in what Washington can do following that game. And, and like you said, it was that a facade, the fifty five points for Utah, or is that what their offense is? Uh, I'm excited to find out. Yeah, and and look, the the Jekyll and Hyde of the Washington Huskies is just it's got to come to an end. You have to find out, you have to build some more consistency. Otherwise, it will burn you. Yeah, you could get burned against a super physical Utah team. This is a mm -hmm. team that likes to establish itself on the ground and punch you in the mouth. And I think we've really only seen that kind of type of team against Washington once, and that was against Oregon. And they aren't as physical as Utah is. I would I'll just give Utah full credit. If you let them hang around, you saw what they did against USC. Maybe that's just their their boogeyman, if you will. Uh, but if you let this Utah team hang around and you let them consistently just lean on you over the course of a game, they will wear you down and they will they will make you regret it. I mean, they've won back to back Pac-12 titles for a reason. Like they're they're one of the better teams in the conference consistently year in year out. They're very well coached and they're going to be here ready to play. And I'm worried if you're Washington, just in general, I know you're playing at home, but you're playing a very, you're just coming off of a very emotional game against USC. And then before that, it's just a spell of inconsistency. And I don't almost say that Oregon gifted you that game. Uh, I'm not trying they to did. take anything I'll say away. It. I, I'll say it. They, I'm not going to try to take anything away from the win. A win's no. a win. But sure. you have the game against California, Arizona. Like these, are, You have a lot of games that could have gone the other way. And I want to see more consistency, a full four-quarter effort from Washington on Saturday. I'm a little worried with the type of opponent. Going undefeated in the Pac-12 this year is going to be very difficult. If they were going to lose a game, I think it's going to be this one on Saturday to a very good Utah team. Look, everyone, if these two teams, Oregon and Washington, were to rematch, everyone's taking Oregon right now. Yes, It's up to Washington to, to play a game against a team like Utah to prove, hey, maybe you shouldn't all be on Oregon, right? And, and so that's what mm -hmm. we're looking for. Go prove it against one of these teams that that is a little bit better than SC. Uh, and just remind people why you were able to beat Oregon, why you're the number five team in the country. And by the way, if you win this game, you're probably the number four team in the country. Speaking of USC and Oregon, those two yeah. teams play on Saturday uh, at Oregon. And I think Oregon is probably they have an argument to be one of the best teams in the country i think they have ever since that loss to washington they have just consistently reeled off yeah. performance after performance after performance speaking of utah they punched them in the mouth before utah could really do it and that's really the recipe for washington going back to them really quickly jump on them make them play catch up and if you make them play catch up then you're just going to find success down the stretch and i think that's really their key there 
Oregon and USC, this should be another game filled with fireworks, just like we saw last week. My biggest thing, if you're USC, how do you rebound? Like, how do you get back on track? Because they have just completely fallen on their face and just gotten punched to the mouth, and they have not been able to get off the mat. Well, there's been a change, and that is defensive coordinator Alex Grinch is no longer the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. there. And if – look, I don't know if that defense can be helped, but if it can be helped, a change was necessary. And, and so we're looking at that, right? And, and like, look – the offense is good. Uh, I mean, it's just how much better could you possibly get week to week on defense against a, a very strong Oregon offense? That That's what we're looking at here. Um, but I'm not ready to bury SC in this game yet because I do think if something is noticeably different on defense, they can stay competitive because of the offense that they have. And, and look, Oregon has brought it every single week. They, they've looked great. And, and you just – at some point there's going to be a flat game. They weren't flat against Washington. They lost. They had a couple of questionable decisions by their head coach, but they weren't flat in that game. No, it's very rare. Teams go an entire season without a flat game. All right. Georgia was not perfect a year ago. Record wise, they were, but they were flat against Missouri a year ago. They're flat against Auburn this year. A couple this year, this year's different. Sure. Um, but, but is there a game that Oregon does just. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. For whatever reason, look flat in. And if so, can whoever they are flat against beat them? Uh, I, I think the answer is if, and I'm not suggesting they will be flat, but if they are flat this week, I think USC's offense can beat them. They have played at such a high level every single week. You do wonder... At some point, is there a drop-off? Are you peaking too early? Those sorts of things. Uh, but if the answer is no, then they're going to control this game. Um, but if they're flat, if the defense looks a little different for SC because of the defensive coordinator change, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and you've seen crazier things happen in college football just yeah. in general because, I mean, look, you have rebounds. Teams teams play better sometimes when you have a, a new voice in the room. Maybe that is what USC needed. Yeah. Um, but, look, Oregon's playing at a high level right now, 63 points last week 35 points against the the really tough utah defense only allowed six points in that game too you you handle washington state coming off of the loss against washington and i mean just based off of how oregon is playing i think you have two teams in two different spots usc if you come out if you're oregon and you and you're playing a usc team who has been struggling to get off the mat i'll say that again you come out and you you punch them in the mouth early you score some points I yeah. don't think they're getting back up. I think no. it's over, and I think they quit. You you just have to do that to them early in the game. And I think Dan Lanning's too good of a coach to let them falter in this game. I don't think they're peaking too early. I think they found their identity. I think they know who they are. I think they know how to run the ball with Bucky Irving. I like look. You can do a lot of different things with this team, and they're very balanced. The most balanced team in the in the pig the Pac-12. They can run the ball well. They can throw the ball well. Bo Nix doesn't make mistakes. The defense plays good football. USC is going to make some mistakes on defense. They're just a sieve. They can't be helped. Uh, I mean, I don't think that it's going to be enough. I think Oregon should continue to roll. But yeah. 
I do want to finish off with this last contest, uh, Texas at TCU. I think Texas has the chance to lock down a spot in the Big 12 title game. Let me double check that before I say it. Well, while you're looking into that, I'll say this is all about the quarterback for Texas. And I believe that Quinn Ewers does return this week. I know he was throwing a little bit in practice. There was a cryptic uh, social media post Mm -hmm. of his as well. Malik Murphy showed me last week that uh, things get a little dicey when he's back there. Um, uh, he's just not Quinn Ewers. Uh, so if Quinn Ewers can return in this game and not be too rusty, uh, Texas should have no problem. This is not the TCU team that was competing for a national championship last year. They are well, well, well off of that form. Now they're also not the same team that looked completely lost, uh, in the season opener against uh, Colorado, no. but, uh, they, they are not, uh, as competitive as, as Texas. They don't, they, they, they should have no issues with this game especially if Quinn Ewers returns, which, in my opinion, he will be out there. No, and I think that uh, Texas still needs to win another game or two before they clinch, officially clinch. Uh, They're right up there at the top of the standings in the Big 12, right there next to Oklahoma State, who had a huge game last week in Bedlam. Uh, Went a big way in locking down Texas's ability to uh, not have to face Oklahoma for a second time this year, their only loss of the season. Um, but they have a, they're in a big spot. They continue to rule, and I, I think they've been. I think they're the cream of the crop in the in the Big Twelve. They have a, a potential matchup looming with Oklahoma State, and I think that'd be a very interesting game just in general. But the we talked about how the Pac-12 had a chance to to just beat itself up and and kill itself and, and knock itself out of contention. The Big Twelve has a very good chance of doing that. I don't necessarily think that happens to Texas on Saturday, but. Look, just take care of business, keep rolling, and I think you control your own destiny for the most part in the college football playoff.